Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, we talk about Recently Watched, which we will try to not spoil. We thank the Moonrays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show. You can find their music on Apple Music or uh, Amazon. Is that the other place? Uh, or you can buy it digitally or say hello to them on Facebook where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And we are not professional critics. We are your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Jolian. Hello. And Will. Good night. So, guys, we made it. We're back. It's, uh... Were we gone? Yeah. Yeah. From here, anyway. Um... Um, Salute to, uh, Riku Browning. Yes, yeah. Um, the last of the creatures from the Black Lagoon. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. So that's uh, You've been in captivity since the '60s. So, <laughs> yeah. died alone. They could never get him to breed. <laughs> not for lack. And of the trying. models hated it too. Yeah, not for lack of trying. So uh, <clears throat> he just really, in the end, didn't didn't mesh with anyone. They brought him. <laughs> Just didn't get along. Little little quirks would just, you know, she squeezes the toothpaste from the middle. I can't yeah. live with that. Oh, oh, cloaca are incompatible. Yeah. The fuck is going on? I keep there? waiting for her to lay eggs, but <clears throat> never seems to happen. By, by the way, if you're hearing the children of the night, <laughs> yeah. You're surrounded by feral dogs. It's toddlers of the mid afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty convinced they heard something outside. Yeah, the toddlers of the <laughs> late to them. Toddlers of the mid-afternoon. So who would like to start Recently Watched? Oh, I watched a bunch of good ones. You watched good movies? Fuck no, I've never watched a good movie in my life. I don't think I'd know what to do with a good movie. Uh, didn't you like Halloween Ends? I did like Halloween Ends, but okay. I don't think it was a good movie. <laughs> Just because uh, I like it doesn't mean it's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like plenty of terrible movies. So go ahead. Uh, some of these I don't even remember. It was two weeks ago and they were that good. Mm. I watched a bunch of teen exploitation films on Tubi. Yeah, are they like from the 50s and 60s? I was hoping. Uh, they were yeah. mostly from the... <clears throat> Seven, well, from the 50s through the 80s is what I watched. <clears throat> I let Tubi pick because it's always good. Mm-hmm. You know it's going to find something you would have you would have not looked at. You would have <laughs> just passed over. You would have read the, the little synopsis and said, nope. <laughs> but Tubi knows better. 
Well, you know, Tubi is fully aware that if I've watched one thing about Bigfoot. <laughs> you want to watch all things about Bigfoot. And nothing else is ever, uh-huh. ever suggested ever again. Yep. That's how it goes. Yep. So uh, I watched <clears throat> Alley Cat. I don't know. This is a uh, young woman. I don't remember if she was a prostitute or not. It's 1970. She runs around killing people. I okay. think they tried to steal her car tires or her car at the beginning. And she huh. went out and fought a bunch of guys and then decided, hey, this is a pretty good hobby. So she walks around waiting for guys to cause trouble and then she comes in and beats the crap out of them it goes for about 90 minutes that's a solid plot yeah yeah it was what it was <laughs> was it anyone we know no not i don't remember that there was anybody we know it was okay fights but they were fairly slow like mm, i think i could dodge that kick <laughs> and i've got no abilities uh, I watched Angels Die Hard. This was oh, another yeah. 1970s. This was a bikers versus the the cops in Kern County. Bruce Willis's first movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh wasn't great. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then Tubi recommended something called Thunder Road Girls, also 1970, another biker film. Uh, uh, three women join forces to protect the still that they're running because they're making moonshine. So it's a in biker? Kern County, California again. They're all in Kern County. Okay. Uh, yeah, which is the south of California, I believe, being the south of the U.S., not Southern California. Uh, what was this called again? Thunder Road Girls. So. They're making moonshine, and the and the bikers want it. Okay, so it's bootleg. There's biker women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't there's know that they're really biker women. One of them is kind of biker adjacent. Okay. Well, in the fifties, you had Thunder Road, which is the uh, Robert Mitchum's movie. Oh yeah. About booze running. Hmm. That's probably cars. that's probably where the the name is coming from. This was a. Uh, they felt like they wanted to be Russ Meyer, but they could only get Ed no, Wood. No one can. <laughs> yeah, no one's Russ Meyer, except Russ Meyer. <laughs> I think it's a time for a rewatch. Uh, High School Hellcats, 1958. Oh, yes. It's a girl gang, much like the Violent Years. Mm-hmm. They're just up to no good. Well, damn. Those girls, you had to watch for teen delinquency especially teen delinquent girls they seemed especially bad you know they jump right into bed with the with the commies to sell out their high school (laughs) you know a thing that happened a lot in the 50s yeah the high school had a lot of secrets that the commies wanted Uh uh-huh yeah yeah uh and that led me to high school caesar 1960 i don't even remember a thing about this Wow. Uh, bad kid runs the school. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I mean, I watched it. That's that's all I could tell yeah, you. Yeah, I've really. seen that one too. Yeah. I was hoping there were more. I'm sure there are. But uh, I watched one that I had seen. Uh, but it's been a while. Lovely but deadly. This is another uh, 
don't know, girl kicks ass and gets revenge. Only she's in high school, and uh, again, the kicks are fairly slow. Mm. Punches seem weak and slow. And it's 1984. What's with the lovely butt deadly? <laughs> <laughs> lovely butt, comma, deadly. They're not mutually exclusive. Quality is no woman. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, her name is Lovely Oh, in the movie. Okay, I understand now. Yes. Lovely B. Deadly. Lovely B. Deadly name. is her name. <laughs> but is an awful middle name, though. Yeah, hard to live down. It was a family name. No wonder she's so angry. Yeah. People kept calling her Butt. Butt Deadly. <laughs> hey, Butt Deadly. <laughs> and then she beat her head, their heads in. Uh, and then in no particular order, today I let Tubi run the show once again, mm -hmm. and it gave me, uh, well, first I watched Monster Dog, so oh, that's what it was going it off of. On a high. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. Uh, the next one it played was The Child from 1977. Okay. What was that? Uh. of the Living Dead. Yeah, it's a girl who, or a young woman who ends up at a house. I don't really remember if she was hired by them or what, but I think she's taking care of a preteen girl who, of course, has supernatural powers, as they do. Um, and uh, chaos ensues. Hmm. I remember quite liking that one. It wasn't bad. It was just... I don't know. I did. I like at the beginning, the little girl offers a kitten to a demon who just reaches its hand over this, this grave and kind of gingerly picks up the kitten. Aww. And it's like, oh, it's so cute. It's, that demon wanted a pet. And yeah. it was tasty, too. It just because it's a demon doesn't mean it's a monster. Yeah. So yeah, check out the posters. Yeah, the posters are great. That what's, was the, like, what's okay. this thing called? The Child. The Child. The 1977. Child. Okay. And yeah, it probably would be better if I hadn't watched uh, Monster Dog first and was just like... That's no way to begin your day. No. It's 7 a.m. You wake up and watch Monster Dog. You pretty much want to go back to bed. Why? Why did I wake up and watch this? What's wrong with me? I've got to find my therapist. So the, the poster with the cemetery gates? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good poster. Mm-hmm. Put that on a candle. No kidding. <laughs> but keep the title out so only the really hip know yeah. what it is. Let's play hide and go kill. It's <laughs> uh, a good one. Uh, and then it led me to Howling 4, oh. 1988. Was that, was that the marsupials one? No. no. three. Howling 4 is a remake of Howling 1. Not quite. It's Only not good? It's, well, yeah. Yeah, it's basically if they remade it and the producer and the director hated one another <laughs> and fought constantly. Uh, the director left and the producer finished the movie hmm. by adding a bunch of sleaze to it. And uh, I think it was so cheap made they didn't have any onset sound wow it was all dubbed afterwards wow yeah mm. it's a, 
it's pretty good. The, they lure all the werewolves into a tower and blow it up at the end. Spoiled it. Mm. But uh, that man, old towers really go off. If you run a car into it with the gas tank on fire, it'd be a damn impressive explosion. This is probably where they spent all their budget. Yeah. Good one. Good yeah. one. Uh, moving on. Watched a real winner here. Uh, this came out in 1989. Uh, Batman was probably the, the big superhero movie of that year. Yep. That's only because people didn't watch Robot Ninja. Mm. Oh, Have you man. you seen this? Yes. It's got two of my favorite things in it. <sighs> wow. This feels like somebody ripped off Faust. Comic <laughs> Faust. Which already seemed like a ripoff of four or five things. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this guy has a mask that looks like they made it out of a milk carton, like a milk jug. Oh, God. And spray painted it silver and gave him a red visor. He's got big claws on his hands. <laughs> he, he doesn't like appear Rom. to... He looks a lot like Rom, yeah. Uh, he doesn't appear to be a robot at all. <laughs> and he's barely a ninja. Is he stealthy? No, he rides up in his uh, Trans Am and jumps out and beats up the same three <laughs> gang members every night. They never learn. And sometimes they bring along reinforcements and those people get killed. Uh, two of the gang members, I think, make it to the end of the movie. And then they're shot and they throw up like dried cow guts. <laughs> Oh. Or maybe they're just really clean. Yeah, I don't know what they were going for. It's a good one. Thank you, Tubi. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for Robot Ninja. And then I finished it up with ch The Chill Factor. Okay. Seen this? Yep. Yeah, that was my, my <laughs> review right there. Yep. I watched that one. What's it about? Uh, some kids go uh, snowmobiling. Uh, get trapped in a winter storm and end up in a house. Um, this isn't that one we covered, is it? No. That but one that it's was like, trying to be The Shining? Uh, no. Do you remember that one? No. What was that? Do you remember what that was called? Uh, was that recent? The one with the Wendigo. Oh, my God. What was the... I'm trying to remember what the deal was on that one. Oh, Brunken on the title. What, what Ghosts. You, something ghosts of a winter night or some shit screams on a winter night Nah, that's a different one <laughs> let's see <clears throat> shriek of the mutilated on a winter night <laughs> uh no it this this was not a uh a film we had watched before okay it just it's like every other film you've watched before it goes snowmobiling and then they proceed to get killed off one by one by ghost a supernatural slasher uh the forest i don't really know what was killing them <laughs> barbed wire kills one of them mm. um one of the the final girl is psychic ghost keeper ghost keeper yeah, thank you it's about three friends yeah this Two. was about f six friends okay three couples this is two women and one man who are snowmobiling during the holidays, going up to the mountains, despite a storekeeper's warning. Remember, we had a uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. harbinger. 
they head up the slopes only to have one of the women crash their snowmobile. And then they have to stay in this abandoned resort. Yeah, they stay in a in a house that uh, looks like they just rented a, a big lodge for the weekend, filmed their movie there. It looks perfectly fine. They act like it's creepy or something <laughs> at the beginning. It's like, other than not having electricity, it's it's a fine-looking, modern-looking, you know, lodge. Hmm. Good stuff. Thank you, Tubi. Apparently, Wrong Turn 4 is also a snowmobile horror movie. <gasps> snowmobile horror. That's next All winter. Right. Yeah. We're covering snowmobile movies. All movies, even if we've <clears> talked <throat> about them before. That'll be our, our wintry three for next year. Yeah, snowmobiles. The three top snowmobile-centered horror movies. Awesome. Dead snow. Yeah. They have a good... I did a screenplay with somebody who was like snowmobile horror. When we were when we were in Japan and we had lots of time and yeah we just did this like cross between the thing and snowmobile adventure <laughs> the chill factor good fun what was it called I was hoping it was red, like red a, powder that was it red, red powder. powder I was hoping the chill factor was going to be a horror movie the big chill where they'd come together. Or someone's funeral, and then that dead person kills them one by one mm. for perceived past wrongs. Is that what happens in the Big Chill? Sort of, except with the killing part. Oh, okay. And the dead person coming back. Okay, because I was going to say, I think I saw that movie once, and I don't remember any of that part. No. That would have made it far more interesting. Yeah. So uh, that was it for recently watched? It wasn't that enough. I would say so. Jolien, what do you got? Uh, well, uh, since we're doing uh, metal uh, horror movies, uh, I, I looked at uh, movies that involve bands. and um, So, uh, 1967, Blast Off Girls. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, directed by Herschel Gordon-Lewis. Oh, well, right. 83 minutes. Perfect. Uh, One minute over, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, credits. So Bougie Baker is a scuzzball manager who gets his claws into a group he calls the Big Blast, played by an actual group called the Faded Blue. About 25 minutes in, they play a gig for Colonel Sanders. No okay. kidding. In exchange for chemically treated bits of chicken corpse. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bougie rips them off until they rebel, so uh, hooks them again with a fake pop bust. <laughs> um, they become almost as popular as Studio A on the Billboard chart. Like it, it, the camera goes down this Billboard chart, and like uh, you know, out of the top, it's like Credence and yeah, uh, stuff like that. And then it, again, they keep going all the way down the list. And then there's like this group called Studio A, and then there's um, the Big Blast. The huh? Big Blast. Uh, a Miami TV show books them for a spot, by which time they appear to be stoned and play a song dedicated to Bougie called "Go Yourself, My Friend." All right. Wow. It's edgy. Quite progressive for 67. Yeah. yeah. The monkeys wish they could do that. So there you, you go. You don't remember the monkeys hit Go Fuck Yourself? <laughs> <laughs> it's what got them disbanded and kicked out of the country. Uh, and then, um, let's see, a whole bunch of uh, metal horror stuff. Um, uh, what my... Pick was Terror on Tour. We'll talk about that in a bit. 
uh, oh, <laughs> classics. Um, Iron Mask from 2019. Do you remember this one being advertised? No. no. What's um, that? This is directed by Otlog Stepchenko. Uh, this is kind of a sequel to the the uh, the new Russian fantasy movie, not the '60s one, which is really good. Oh, okay. V I Y V. Um, so uh, this was also known as V Two Journey to China. Uh, this stars Jason Fleming, Charles Dance, Rutger Hauer, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jackie Chan. Wow. Uh, an English cartographer and his wife slash fiance. He he refers to her both ways. So mm. I'm not sure. Uh, aid a Chinese princess to rebel against a face-swapping witch in order to free a dragon whose whiskers make tea. Okay, yeah, that's pretty straightforward. One of the most stupefyingly terrible movies I've ever seen. It's a Russo-Chinese co-production. Lots of money, nice costume designs, inhuman dialogue, uh, performances and storytelling. Uh, the leftover V creatures during the credits and the dragon look all right. But it's <laughs> right. just uh, incredible. Wow. Watching this thing unspool before your eyes. Wow. I'm going to have to watch that <laughs> yeah. one. Iron Mask. Iron Mask. Um, I think we saw it on HBO or something. We saw it for free, which is a good okay. thing. Yeah, yeah it did sound Don't pay like... to see this one. <clears throat> uh, I got Emily uh, the 4K of Labyrinth as one of her Valentine presents. Looks great. Really appreciate the textures and the designs. The yeah. And the card piece. Brian Froud stuff. <laughs> yeah. We went to see uh, Brian Froud. He, he did a tour of one of his uh, like fairy painting books. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he came to the uh, bookshop downtown. And Yeah, I think I went to that. Yeah. did. Were you there when he was talking about... Because he, he, like, he talks like he actually sees these things. Yes, I believe so. He's really serious about it. Yes, I seem to remember that. I know uh, Eugene, you want to take her like her gnome book or something down mm. and get it signed, and then circumstances happened and we didn't oh. get it to him, but we still went to the show. I think she got yeah. a poster or something. Um, all right. Uh, Link, 1986. This is a missing Link movie, isn't it? No. No? He's a present Link. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it's directed by Richard Franklin, who did Rogue Games. Rogue Games? The hair growing? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, this one is one hour, 42 minutes. Ooh. Um, Got to cut 12 minutes there. Stars Elizabeth Shue. Is it Shue or Shue? Shue. Shue. Uh, Terence Stamp. Uh, professor invites student up to his home on the St- Scottish coast, where he's trained three apes, including his butler, Link. Which is orangutan. Okay. Uh, Link realizes he's due to be killed and takes out everyone around him, including the chimp, which is named Voodoo, and all the humans and dogs. Um, all of this, which is called an experiment in terror on the poster, is set to a Jerry Goldsmith score, which seems to be for a light comedy. Uh, I doubt Franklin or Goldsmith were in control of this movie or its publicity campaign. It's like, tonally, it's like really odd very odd paired up with shockma yeah. or whatever that babu or mandrel yeah movie they're like in a hallway the whole movie <laughs> um i watched a kind of slasher i've never seen before called the majorettes this is also from 1986 
This is 92 Minutes. All right. Um, this is a screenplay, John Russo, from his novel, um, directed by Bill Hinsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also known as One by One. Uh, lame slasher thriller filmed in Pittsburgh. As per usual with Russo, most people are horrible. Uh, in the small town, there's a killer throat-slitting, then baptising teens before they become sinful adults. There's a cruel nurse torturing and ripping off an elderly woman. There's a murderous yet clean and well-fed biker gang, etc. Uh, there's a twist around an hour in, which sidelines the slasher, so a uh, shirtless jock can wipe out a bunch of people with an automatic rifle. Yeah, wow. Wow. <laughs> Sounds all, great. All over the place. <laughs> uh, yeah, not too keen on that one. Uh, Moonchild from 1971 oh, slash three. I watched this one. Alan Gadney, <clears throat> 90 minutes. Oh, damn. Uh, tiresome student film, but I like the soundtrack of funk rock and choral chanting. Good music for a TV show about crime-busting Gregorian monks. <laughs> this stars um, Victor Buono and John Carradine. Oh. Of course. I, yeah. I should, shouldn't even have mentioned John Carradine. Cause I mean, he's in I just assume he's in everything. Uh, they're two of the residents of a hotel in a time loop. John Carradine says, he's just an homunculus. You can't follow him. <laughs> That's one of, one of the many great lines. Um, an entire sound mic pokes into the frame 21 minutes in. Well, the whole thing. <laughs> uh, also had occasion to watch uh, One Million Years B.C. from 1966. Oh, yes. We did recently lose Rucka Welch. Yeah, so the night of, what's that, 92 minutes... Two minutes too long. Uh, love the soundtrack. That's one of the first soundtracks I really liked when I was a weenie kid. And, of course, you've got the uh, Harry Housen creatures. Yeah. So I was really into this film. Watched it over and over even before I, you know, yeah. became aware of Raquel Welch. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> At some point that happens and you're like, wow, this movie just got a lot better. <laughs> Hello, and I already, <laughs> I already liked it a lot. Yeah, it's like you look at her in that movie and you think, one million years BC, humanity peaked. Yeah. <laughs> Evolution peaked right there. <laughs> we should have stopped. Um, all right, I watched uh, another obscure slasher called Satan's Blade. Mm, that sounds good. Uh, it's kind of made around 7980, and uh, people aren't sure when it actually came out. I've, I've seen people list 82, 84, and 85. All right. 83 minutes. That's perfect. Uh, this is directed by L. Scott Castillo Jr. Um, to quote Deputy Ski, the one about the mountain man whose spirit still roams these hills. The one about the mountain man. It's that kind of um, naturalistic dialogue. It's all through this movie. So, the line readings in this are so good. <laughs> oh, man. Um, watch the uh, open map version. Um, which might excuse the sound boom I saw in five different scenes. Wow. I'm always on the lookout for the boom mic. <laughs> uh, a pair of bank robbers get back to their lakeside cabin in the Sierras. One kills the other, then someone else kills her. That weekend, a group of women and a pair of married couples take the cabins. Tony, the camping counsellor, says, I just hope we don't keep you up with our partying. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by a long, awkward wait until the cut. You can see the actors just standing there and like, uh, kind of uh, looking side to side. What, what do we do? <laughs> um, it's it's so painful. 
Yeah, which is cool though. I gotta watch this. Uh, yeah, Satan's Blade. Check it out. Satan's Blade. Um, so that night, Tony gets blottoed, puts on a wolfman mask, and scares the women next door. One of them, Stephanie, finds him attractive. As one you would, would like a drunken guy trying to scare you at night. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, suddenly, about seems like a bad boy. <laughs> suddenly, about an hour in, they all start getting killed off. Uh, Lil, who's an Asian, which is progressive. Mm-hmm. 1986 um, gets the best kill as she's just short of reaching safety and after getting stabbed <laughs> she's got this knife in her back and she, she falls to the snow and slides down the mountain slope like a penguin <laughs> until she clunks into a tree <laughs> <laughs> I like it oh that sounds good oh, it, it's a gem it's a gem highly recommend <laughs> oh yes yeah, we should all watch Satan's Blade for the next uh, Wintry 3. So good. Um, let's see. Strange World. I don't remember this. Oh, yeah. 2022. Um, so this is uh, directed by Don Hall and Chi Nguyen. This is one hour, 42 minutes. Dis- Too long. Disney movie. Uh, <coughs> looks nice. Animation excellent. Well-meaning story. Riffing on the Jules Verne pulp science fiction, which Disney used to do really well decades ago. Uh, momentum drifts to a halt pretty soon after the characters enter the subterranean world uh, might be a good one to drift off to there you go uh, I, I watched the Wakanda Forever as well oh. have you seen that one? yeah what do you think? let's uh, see uh, 2022 Ryan Coogler uh, it reminded me of uh, biblical and historical epics from 60 years ago okay which yeah. I, I enjoy those but yeah um, not very exciting not really yeah um, maybe because the good guys don't seem that good and only one character's killed I wasn't really invested in it mm-hmm. um, lots of production design spectacle beautiful people to look at so many plot threads including mourning T'Challa or, slash Chadwick Boseman setting up a new panther setting up Ironheart introduction of Namor succession of royalty uh, nations are after Wakanda's vibranium resource vengeance for attack on the family um, there's too much going on. Yeah, that's what I felt. That was just overstuffed. Yeah, and it's like three hours long. Right. So. Yeah, I felt it. Oh my God. It could have been two movies easily. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it should. Ironheart shouldn't have been in there at all. She added yeah, nothing. nothing. <clears throat> she might be somebody's favorite character, but she didn't do anything in this movie. I, I like how you get room full rooms full of geniuses, and they do the dumbest things. Well, <laughs> to be fair, that is a Marvel Comics yeah. thing. <laughs> but How, the, you know, Reed Richards I'm is supposed to respect to be... you as smart, but yeah, uh, you know that they will like uh, they will take vengeance against another people at the cost of their own people, just because hmm. they've got a personal grudge. Um, they kidnap a scientist after her work has been manufactured. Why? Yeah, I couldn't figure that out. It bothered me. Um, they go to war with other sovereign nations. Um, uh, yeah, I, I wonder if the Disney Ironheart series will follow up on her dropping a drone into a police blockade. There's police oh, in that yeah. blockade. She drops a missile into them and blows it up. That's right. No one mentions it. No, it's fine. It's fine. They're joking the next scene. They were joking in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, typical Marvel, you know. Yeah, I wanted more Namor. 
than anything. Yeah, he was good in the. You know, I, I enjoyed him. I thought he should have killed Baku, though. Even though I really liked Baku, mm-hmm. I thought that would have upped it a little bit. Yeah, like, someone needed to. Because he punched him so hard, you right. know, like that dude's dead. And then the next scene, he's fine. <laughs> he's kind of wheezing. Like, what? You just said he was as strong as the Hulk, but you. Then you show it, and it's not. It's not great. Um, I've been reading um, uh, a, a couple of books about James Bond just came out recently. One called uh, Doctor No, the first James Bond film by James Chapman, which busts uh, several myths. And it's got chapters on production, critical reaction, cultural shift, film anal- analysis, gender and racial issues. It's really interesting. What's one of the myths, if you remember? Uh, that Doctor No was written as a monkey in an early script. And, oh, I never heard that one. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's that's pretty bad. There's a whole bunch of things. Um, I read uh, Don't Fear the Reaper by our friend of the show, Stephen Graham Jones. Oh. A sequel to My Heart is a Chainsaw. So okay. He's doing a trilogy about this lake called Indian Lake. Um, so there's a, it's got a large cast and it's got his you know his cryptic writing. So it's, it's a bit hard to follow, but it's strong stuff. Um, you need an encyclopedic knowledge of slasher films to, to follow a lot of it. I, you know... I, uh, it's like me trying to read a DC comic, yeah. Where you have okay. to know everyone by their you know first, their first, name. first name, civilian name, yeah. Um, and I also read uh, "Love and Let Die" by John Higgs, which is about uh, Bond and the Beatles, because the first Bond movie and the first Beatles single came on came out on exactly the same day. Oh, really? Yeah, fifth of October '62. Wow. And there's so many parallels and contrasts between them. So he's like examining it as this cultural shift, and uh, it makes a lot of good points. You know, he says like the Beatles are Eros and Bond is Thanatos, and okay, that sounds pretty good. Which I can buy to a certain extent. Well, sure, but yeah. he uh, so he, he like uh, oh, if you're into Bond and you're into death, and he he's negative and stuff. It's like uh, so he conveniently leaves out things about the Beatles, like it uh, doesn't mention the Manson family at all. Ah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like reading a whole bunch of tabloid editorials. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how those things kind of go. It's very interesting. Yeah, you, this is a good idea, this is an interesting yeah. idea, but by the end I'm not buying whatever you're selling. You yeah, know, his argument's a bit ropey, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's got lots of, like, you know, interesting bits in it and goes into the sexual proclivities of the Beatles which I wasn't aware of before oh no yeah and it's, it's pretty uh, you, you get a pretty poor opinion of um, John Lennon uh, that seems to be popular now Yoko Ono that yeah. was always popular to... they had uh, six apartments in the Dakota building really did you know that no because no. they needed room for all their furs wow <laughs> they bought so many furs that's crazy Ugh. Should have just become a furrier. Or maybe they were proto-furries. Yeah. It's <laughs> the myth I'm going to start. <clears throat> they started the furry movement along with R. Crumb. <laughs> he admitted he was sexually attracted to Bugs Bunny as a child. <laughs> well, Bugs Bunny was asking for it. Look, look how he was dressed. Yeah, he would dress up and he'd be like, wow, that's a hot woman. All right, that's it. Oh, okay. Uh, for me, let's see. I watched... Um, Bigfoot movies? No, none this time, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, 
as much as Tubi might want to suggest a bunch of them. I watched the um, some some selections from the first season of the Vice Guide to Film, and this came out like I don't know 2016. Um, I scrolled through and I went, oh, we'll start with Tarantino. Uh, so you get um, Samuel L. Jackson, Juliette Lewis, Eli Roth, other people talking about Tarantino films. And it's like, oh, this is great. Um, I watched the one about John Carpenter, the one about David Lynch and David Cronenberg. And I think I have. Oh, yes, I watched the Lars Va- Lars von Trier did you know his real name is just Lars Trier? Hmm, no. Yeah. Well, I guess in in his uh, in his culture, the Vaughn would indicate a um, lineage of royalty or something. Yeah. So he he did that to just like make people pay attention and say who, who's this Baron? Yeah. Who is this guy and what's his deal? Um, but uh, he did a lot of really weird stuff on purpose to get negative attention. It seemed. Uh-huh. And um, it doesn't seem to have hurt his career. No. Maybe it hasn't helped it that much either, but it didn't seem to do a lot of damage. That one's really interesting, the Lars von Trier one. Um, there's a bunch more. I haven't watched the Ridley Scott, Danny Boyle, Jane Campion, um, Werner Herzog, David Fincher. There's a bunch of them I haven't watched. but uh, that's And that's just season one. So I will probably continue on that journey because it's pretty interesting. Um, I watched that three part thing about uh, the what's their what's the family that the guy's on trial right now? Murdaugh. Oh, yes. Sounds like murder. <laughs> Murdaugh. Um, yeah, there's a, a three part documentary about that guy's family and all the cover ups and other murders. Yeah. Just thinking. So the family name's Murder? No, it's Murdaugh. Murdaugh. Yeah. Is that like Boston accent? It's uh, South Carolinian, (laughs) I believe they were. Yeah, I think it's South Carolina. Uh, Yeah. Like they couldn't quite get Murdoch. They lost the K somewhere. D-A-U-G-H. Murdaugh. Murdaugh. Anyway, there's... um, yeah, there's some some cover-ups and some other possible murders in you know recent history with this family. But, Who would have um, thought a rich family would have deep, dark, dirty secrets? Yeah, and be able to it's cover never them, been done before, and be able to cover them up for years. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, right? Weird until but, it all came crashing down. Yeah, so it's a three-part thing on Netflix. You can watch it if you feel like it. Uh, apparently, as we speak, the jury is going out to have a look-see at the uh, at the scene of the crime which is pretty unusual for a, a jury trial in this country is to just take the jury on a field trip. They yeah. need to do it more often. Yeah. They're, they're probably gonna take them to Burger King afterward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a documentary about the scary stories to tell in the dark books uh-huh. and the author. Um, the documentary came out in 2019. It's called scary stories. Uh, a lot of interview footage with the son who Believe it or not, the dad didn't have a great relationship with him. What? Yeah. You know, guy who did a lot of folklore stuff and then decided to make them into books and got a creepy artist. Well, an artist who makes creepy illustrations. 
Um, he could be creepy. Too. He could be creepy. I don't want to rule it out. It's not mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah. But um, pretty interesting, like the controversy in its day back in the 90s. You know, it's like R.L. Stein made a few waves, but this guy's books, apparently, there were, there, oh, yeah. were, there were parents wanting to ban them from the library at the high schools and, well, all grades, apparently, but... Yeah, when when those books came out, it was straight to the Xerox to copy all those pictures. Yeah. So that's a pretty interesting documentary. Um, Mysteries from the Grave, Titanic. This was uh, a documentary from 2022. About Bigfoot. Yeah, so it turns out... Bigfoot sank the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, it's worth a look if you're into the Titanic stuff and not the movie. Uh, it tells you a lot of, a lot of the how and why of, of the sinking of the Titanic and different theories that some of them are likely true and other ones are just theories, you know, like there are eyewitnesses who said that, you know, the, the ship broke in half and then sunk and other people are like, that didn't happen. We saw it from our lifeboat. So, um, yeah, a lot of. A lot of interesting... Was there enough room on the door for Jack? There, Did they cover that? There was. Okay. I've seen the the, the mock-up where it shows the outline of the door. Um, they don't go into that. But there were people who saw what was going to happen and started throwing debris into the ocean to hopefully go over... Be able and, to catch something, float on. Yeah. So that's probably where that idea came from. And they're just like... Throw it overboard. It's yeah, trash. Just maybe, throw your trash overboard. Maybe yeah. if we lighten the ship up, it won't sink. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But man, what a horrible disaster. And apparently they offended a neighboring ship by not heeding their warning about the iceberg field ahead. Yeah. And so the guy was like, all right, fine, I'm done. And he shut his radio off and went to bed. So, wow so they were they were really close by could have rescued them a lot earlier so uh, i think it it took over an hour before any rescue was heading their direction so yeah there's it's, it's an interesting 90 minute thing that you could watch if you're wanting to get a little refresher on your titanic stuff but uh other than that um some "Quote unquote heavy metal horror for March. We're we're doing the um, metal in March. Uh, we're going to talk about Black Roses and um, maybe some Monster Dog too. Oh my God! And some other metal horror if you've watched it. It's really something, you guys. When a, a quote unquote heavy metal horror movie um, makes Trick or Treat look, <laughs> you know, like Good. like top shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I kept thinking of, oh, this would be better, better storyline for this movie. And then I'd go, oh, wait, that's just trick or treat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't care for. Yeah. I, I watched, I've seen, I think I've seen most of these now. And uh, I came to the realization that Kiss Meets the Phantom is probably one of the better ones. Ooh. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll rewatch that happily. It's entertaining throughout. The, the plot, the, it, it escalates as an actual concert in it. Um, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's entertaining. And 
most of these are just uh, painful. It's to like watch Star things. Wars meets a Hard Day's Night here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Black Roses uh, came out in 1988. Uh, Trick or Treat, Trick or Treat, to came be to be clear, 86. Yes. So this one was like, you know what? We could do it better. What do you say, guys? Let's make a movie. I didn't look. This is Canadian, right? Mm-hmm. Because I saw one of the, when the kid is doing Center. his little, well, when he's doing his kind of singing in the rain, kind of prancing yes. down the street, swinging around poles and stuff, he punches this sign and it says something with a leader in it. And I was like, uh, ah. I saw on <clears throat> leader somewhere they go, they have center. Ari mm. at the end. I already knew it was Canadian from like the first shot. Cause Even before anyone was sorry. The, the director's done a number of terrible Canadian films. Hmm. It was filmed in Westchester, New York, and uh, Ontario. Hmm. Hamilton, Ontario. So they hauled everybody north. Yeah. So um, who picked this? Uh, I think it picked itself. Uh, Julian said something about metal and yeah. somehow this turned up. This came up because we all remember the blinky lights on the VHS box. Yeah. Do you? Does anybody remember that? No. Oh, it had this little plastic relief of the face and the eyes were blinking. And then, of course, you know, you couldn't put it, you couldn't put the tapes on a shelf or anything because it had this big, ugly face and the eyes would die the battery would die and they'd no longer blink and every kid poked the face in right they're all broken um i remember the case once i watched this i was like oh yeah i i've seen this before here's a theory they came up with a movie poster somebody sculpted the relief for it and uh they said okay so we've got this this art we've already sculpted it so all the texture around the face and the guitar is going to pop out on the box. Um, we got this blinky light guy. He knows how to put blinky lights into things. <laughs> yeah. Um, we need to formulate it's a movie a around this. Superhero blinky light guy. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna, we're going to formulate a movie around this. Yeah. Pretty much. I guess what happened. Uh huh. Um, this was a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. It was. Uh, Okay, I had not seen it before. I don't want to tell you yet what I thought as it was unfolding. Jolien, had you seen this prior to this? I think so. Uh, did you know you had seen it before? Quite a way into it. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. Because so many of these are so similar. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. I was the same way about like the band as monsters in the first scene seemed familiar. Yes. But again... It could have been any movie. Yeah, they look like raw head wrecks, basically. Yeah, and then the when they turn the girl into a puppet at a show, like a skeleton puppet, yes. I was like, "Oh yeah, my yeah. god, this is I've seen this because right. we watched that scene over and over, and it was hilarious every time. <laughs> it was still funny this time. It made me sit up and start watching the movie again. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Um, there were some actual rockers in the performing band. Did you recognize the drummer? He was in every band. Was he, it Ringo Starr? Nope. It was Carmine Epicy. Um, so Carmine and Vinny, I think, are brothers. 
but um, Vinny Appice and Carmine Appice were in like every band. He kind of looks like uh, Tom Savini. He does look like Tom Savini. Yeah. Well, maybe he was Tom Savini. You know, Tom Savini and Carmine Appice have never been seen in the same room no. together. <laughs> and this had special effects in it. And in Italian, Savini means nobody. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, the bass player was Chuck Wright. Um, I didn't recognize his face, but I recognized his name. Uh, he, he played in uh, quiet riot. So Rudy Sarzo was in the band out of the band and then back in the band, um, because he played with Ozzy. Mm. Rudy Sarzo, fantastic bass player. Um, Chuck Wright, no slouch either, but, uh, I didn't know Alex Massey, the rhythm guitar player. Um, I didn't know Mick Sueda, the lead guitar, but apparently he was in Bullet Boys. Don't know them. Um, and Marcy Free uh, was uh, from a band called King Cobra, another one called Signal, and Unruly Child. So... All right. Yeah, so there, there were a couple of legit hard rock. Unruly Child is another Canadian superhero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. So, um, yeah. This this band, uh, when they were just playing as not monsters, they were hair metal. They weren't like heavy metal. They no. were hair metal. But they, they were wearing monster masks before Slipknot and... Well, that's true. So at least they got something they could put in the win column. When, when was the big uh, scary clown time? <sighs> scary clown time. I don't know, 2015 to 2018. Usually about two in the morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's... There's, there's so many scary clown bands for a couple of years. There was, yeah. yeah. It was see. earlier than that, I think. It was probably... 2006 to 2000. Let's see. Clown sightings. Clown sightings. No, 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 not clown sightings. Scary bands. Yeah, but but I'm wondering if it coincides because 2016 seems like. That's too recent. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, There's a a website that has a compil. Oh, no, it's a YouTube video. I don't want to watch that. Um, Yeah. Uh, 2016, that does seem a little recent. Listener, uh, if you know, <laughs> write in and tell us. You're yeah. like the fourth member of the show. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, you're, you're talking like Insane Clown Posse and yeah. Slipknot. Slipknot and all that kind of stuff. And um, I don't know what's another one. Faded from view, <laughs> pretty sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that stuff started, like, in early 2000s. Yeah, probably with the Insane Clown Posse. Yeah. Who was late 90s through whenever. Yeah. To present? To present. I don't think it's the same guys all the time. Yeah. I mean, they wear face paint. It could be anybody. Yeah, they got, like, four sets of them they tour at the same time. (laughs) At the same time. That's what I would do if I was an Insane Clown Posse-like band. We wear a mask and we just do four shows all the time. Yeah. Maybe we'll see the real ones, whatever that means. It's a roll of the dice, isn't I'm it? I'm pretty sure MF Doom was his brother-in-law when mm. I went and saw him in Boulder. Saw MF Doom up at Red Rocks. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, that was cool. We saw him at the Fox on like the coldest night of the year. Wow. Yeah. Doom. Doom. Good show. Yeah, it was a pretty good show, but he just came out with like a boombox and he was just, just a dude in a mask. Just yelled into a microphone and pretty much everyone was like, this is great. Yeah. Didn't even have a DJ, huh? Nope. Yeah, we saw him at Monolith up at Red Rocks and he had a DJ and some other people on stage. He could have been anybody. This is true. You wear a metal mask on your head. Could be anybody. I mean, I thought he was black, but this guy didn't appear to be. Well, the stage lights maybe were blowing him out a little bit. You know, and he had a weird accent, too. That didn't sound like MF Doom does on the records. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sure. And the tickets were pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, just clipped out of Xerox paper. <laughs> but I paid 50 bucks for it, you know. Man. No. So, should we get into maybe a little bit of uh, heavy metal snobbery here? Uh. Do either of you have a strong attitude or opinion about, hey, this bullshit over here on this side of the line mm-hmm. isn't metal, and this other bullshit over here on the other side of the line is? No, I always thought that like, hair metal was metal, but I didn't like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would bland. go with that. It's it, Hair metal is just a branch of, it'd be like pop punk. Yeah. And you go, okay, yeah, that's a real branch of punk, but I'm not going anywhere near it. Right. Yeah. It's, I guess you could say the same thing with movies. You know, there are, there are mainstream crappy movies that we wouldn't go near and same with TV shows. And then there's stuff that we are like, yes, that's a legit movie. I really dig that. Um, I always kind of felt like, although I did like a few bands that maybe sort of had a, toe over the line into you know the less legit metal Mm -hmm. for the most part i wanted my metal bands to actually be like hard hard metal hard you know hard rock yeah i kind of abandoned metal by this point yeah i I was pretty over it by this point too i was more into like uh you know if you wanted heavy stuff you'd go with industrial and exactly post-punk and I, i think that's a natural evolution for the fans. And now I kind of feel not nostalgic for it, but like ready to let, let it back in again. The last, I don't know, five or six years I've been like, Oh man, I could listen to some of those Judas priest albums and really turn them up. Mm-hmm. You know, like they weren't messing around until they were, <laughs> but for a while there, they were putting out nothing but like great albums for like four or five albums in a row. And, you know, Iron Maiden has just not run out of momentum to keep doing the thing that they do. But they had about four or five albums in a row where it was just outstanding. All these epic stories and, you know. Why was there never an Eddie movie? (laughs) Oh, man, exactly. What do you have him do for 90 minutes? Who cares? 82 minutes, whatever. Fly an airplane, everything on the poster. Yes. (laughs) Just just, just go through the story and he, he had... You know, in that sequence, you're going to see the shot that was on the poster. Through the ages, it'd be like a Rock Johnson story. (laughs) Eddie through the ages. I like it. Yeah. He's a pharaoh. Do you notice that uh, the one band that gets like a cameo in all these movies is Iron Maiden? 
it's always it's like posters. a t-shirt or a poster i think this one they've got like uh what is it power slave Someone's oh yeah power slave shirt but yeah it's like how did you not get sued for that um so like you said will pop punk isn't like you know you're not going to stir that into your your punk rock collection at all you hope not uh so if you've got a bunch of records or a bunch of you know, discs or cassettes or whatever it is that you keep your music on, MP3. I have sheet music. Yeah. And got... player piano rolls. <laughs> it's really hard to get things on that that's past about 1920, but uh, I'm trying. Old, old-timey player piano sound is perfect for punk rock. <laughs> uh-huh. But if we're drawing the line here and we say, okay, this crap over here is a bunch of stupid hair metal and it's weak and I don't like it. How can you feel like, shouldn't someone have told the people making this movie? That this rock isn't hard enough? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess. But would that have made the movie any better? No. Okay. What? I mean, okay, you, 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 I don't know, metal them up by, I don't know, three degrees or something. Uh, I mean, what band would you put in there? What, not necessarily the actual band, but what kind of band would you recast as Black Roses? Motorhead. <laughs> okay. Okay. You want metal. You want something that's serious. Motorhead. Somebody who looks like something they're... Something like, okay. You know. Okay. And the reason that pops into my head is like, okay, th- this isn't... This isn't the 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 quote unquote metal movie that uh, that drew first blood in this situation. Like, let's say Trick or Treat, nineteen eighty six. Who do they get for the sound? And it sounds good. The music sounds good. It's it's Fastway, and this is Fast Eddie Clark from Motorhead, and Pete Way from was it UFO that he was in? I want to say it's a combination of their names. Okay, I think it's UFO that Pete Way was in. Uh, but you know, fast Eddie Clark, great guitar player, uh, Pete way, I think was the vocalist. Um, it, it's, it's very sound, well-made music. It's just not that heavy. And Sammy Kerr is just kind of, he was one of the, the guy who plays him is one of the solid gold dancers. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this from when we did this. Well. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, uh, what was his name? Um, okay. I have to go into the IMDB or the Wikipedia on this one. Cause I'm, it's not important. It's not important, but I'm spacing it out and it's Clark funny. Peters. <laughs> Clark Peters. Yes. That was the actor's name. Yeah. Let's say it is. Um, no, it's Tony Fields. I think Clark Peters is the secret identity of unruly child. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So Tony Fields. Unruly child. Yeah, he was uh, he 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 was in the um, film version of a chorus line. I mean, this guy's a very accomplished dancer, very acrobatic. You know, he can do anything, and uh, he can mimic all of the stage moves of a rocker guy. But in this case, a hair rocker guy. You would think, going along with your your idea here, is you would think by 1988, uh, you'd had all that. Uh, uh, hoopla about judas priest and the and the kids who killed themselves yeah 
you'd think they'd go at least that heavy with the, at least the look. But yeah. Do you think these these metal horror movies, especially from the late 80s, are made by people who are into metal? No. Because uh, they're coming from a, yeah, like, like you said, they're coming from, at least inspired from all the, you know, uh, backwards masking. Yeah, all know, that. Worshipping Satan, etc. That's been going on for 10 years. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're coming from that. It doesn't mean they're necessarily agreeing with it. But then the, the music almost always sucks. Yes. In all these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not much integrity with the the music no uh, the, yeah it just does not right and the kids who are into it in the movies it just don't look right yes this kid who was 28 years old and still in high school oh, yeah, Johnny oh my yeah. god the, the, the small town jet <laughs> <laughs> he's got a Dawn of the Dead poster yeah I want that it's wasted on him totally wasted on him yes so there was another crappy movie like this that Tubi picked for me, and I can't think of the name of it. And I let it start playing, and at some point I just said, no, I can't anymore. <laughs> and so I shut it off. I can probably idea it. <laughs> oh, it, the, the groups of kids act like groups of kids in a 50s movie. Yes. It's exactly, it's like this, uh, this really conservative point of view on what a metal horror thing is. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, in the movie, I can't remember the name of, there's like, you know, five or six guys at a high school and they're all crowded together going, Hey baby, baby, what's yeah. up? You know? And it's like, they're, they're acting like a bunch of like greasers <laughs> from up, a, giving over the mulch up. Yeah. Yeah. Like a bunch of the quote unquote greasers from a fifties movie and, uh, or a, a movie about the fifties made in the seventies yes. or eighties. <laughs> but the, but the teens are all acting like that. And, um, Oh my goodness, I wish I could remember the name of this because I remember looking at these two girls and I'm like, wow, that girl's much shorter than the other one. And when they cut, the one girl leaves the scene and comes back, the girl who looked shorter was, I thought at first, sitting down, but she's in a wheelchair. Um, huh. I don't think that's going to spark your memory because this movie was so crappy. It was so crappy, I shut it off. But uh, Steel wheelchairs? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Down Rolling Stone Steel Wheelchairs Tour. Remember down, that? Down Thunder Road. <laughs> when they retired in 1989, 30 years ago. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The other thing that makes me think is this is from a conservative viewpoint this you know this is made by the the parents. It's not made by the kids. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it's, true. It's like, a, it's like um, music is satanic. Mm-hmm. So let's watch the kids uh, get into antics. Let's watch some teenage boobs, mm-hmm. and uh, and then punish them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 men will do terrible things. Like a manifestation of Satanism is like uh, wearing your hair longer, putting on more makeup, wearing a shirt that's not all there and exposes uh, your yeah, nipples, fetish clothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the the females become. Um, sexually assertive, especially towards prim males, mm-hmm. especially towards the people who can't have that. Who, you know, kind of people who made this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly who makes these kind of movies, because they're never, you know, on the side of the kids who you know no. want to see a heavy metal band. What was the plan of the of the Black Roses? Just to <laughs> make some kids. 
I don't know. I think it's like hit and run, and it's like Halloween three season of the witch. Hmm. I think they just want to, aka the good Halloween. <laughs> Not a controversial opinion these days, but it sure was for a while. Oh yeah. <clears throat> um, no, this we we have evidence at the end of the movie that they've. They've booked what Madison, Ma- Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. Uh huh. <laughs> and then they're off to Europe. So they go from playing high schools <laughs> to playing Madison Square Garden. It's a yeah. Yeah, it usually goes that way. Uh, it tells us that whatever they were about to do to this group of high school kids, they're going to do to a whole mess of them, mm-hmm. and then head off to Europe and do it there, mm-hmm. which is to get them to commit to Satan and maybe die. Yeah, they turn them into shriveled corpses at one point. Yeah. yeah. How's that helping you? That's a great question. They had those puppets and they had to use them. <laughs> they, they were serving their dark lord and also using those puppets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't attack the, you know, Julie Adams and, and the people who are trying to shut them down. No, no. Julie they Adams kind is of, <laughs> They kind of tease the teacher who's kind of the hero of the show, but... Yeah. What, uh, what was his name? Uh, Matthew Morehouse. Yeah, he's the, the hunky English teacher who, hunky who's English cruel teacher. towards his own students. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He seemed a tad over the line there. Like hmm. bad kids, bad music, bad news. <laughs> but that was on the poster. Should have been. I, I like my favorite bit. Really, maybe laugh in this is when he, he comes to the grand decision to go to the library, and there's this burst of eighteen music, as if he's gonna, as if he's making a bulletproof wagon or something. Yes. He's, just, he's just off to the library. <laughs> oh. And I also liked how um, everything's so overlit. There's no atmosphere to the lighting at no, all. No, no. Apart from when he's in the library. He's, he's having to read in this like sepulchral darkness of the yes. tomb. He's in a public library in the afternoon. Let's see what this crappy poster says on it. Um, turn up the volume. Bad music, bad kids, bad Ooh, movie. Ironic that the, that the poster says this. Turn up the volume, turn down the lights, but don't turn. But don't. Oh, but don't watch it alone. Don't turn away from but the Lord. But don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. We should just cross out alone. Turn off the TV. <laughs> unplug the VCR. Don't watch it. Black Roses. Um, 90 minutes. 90 minutes. It is that. I mean, and it's... How could it, you have made it any longer? In its defense, it doesn't annoy you for any longer than 90 minutes. Still... Yeah. Are there any redeeming qualities to the movie? I mean, Julie Adams is in it, but it's a waste of her talent. She was in Creature from the Black Lagoon, damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how uh, in horror movies, even the smallest town has a shelf full of books on demonology. <laughs> yes! A whole table full. <laughs> yeah, you can't find that in the, in the city library. Yeah. I always wanted to go to that library and, you know, check those books out. Have a well-stocked occult section. Yeah, it's like in Race with the Devil. They stop in this like tiny little town, and there's this library that about the size of a shed. And they go, and there's a whole shelf full of books on witchcraft. There were a lot of witches in that town, and <laughs> they donated books to the library. Did I ever tell you guys about my idea? You know how you have the tiny libraries, the little neighborhood free libraries. Yes. Uh huh. Um, 
you know, they're about the size of a large mailbox. I want to fill one with nothing but <laughs> satanic books, paranormal books. Yeah. I want to do that. I always wanted to fill one with, with softcore porn paperbacks from like the 60s and 70s and communist manifestos. <laughs> yeah. I support smut and communism. Yeah. Communist. You just glue one to the, the other. There you go. You get one. Yeah, they flip over like the, yeah, old, the old science fiction books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One side's the communist manifesto. The other <laughs> side's like happy housewives. Yeah. I like this idea. I was just thinking of, you know, like in the 70s, there were so many books on like ESP and Satanism. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like fill one of those things with oh, those yeah, books. Oh, yeah. I remember my mom had a book from the library, had this picture of a demon on the cover, and I accidentally looked at it, and it's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I always sought those things out. Well, at least you got over it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just a little. Just a little. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Yeah. yeah, Satan's my friend now. Yeah, and you just build up your tolerance over time, and then you can watch anything. Yeah. Black Roses. It makes Even... Trick or Treat look good. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> That's a... Do we have anything else to say about that one before we talk about it? Monster um, Dog? Well, I just... <laughs> Uh, this is like uh, the, uh, the, the horrible uh, lame end of the 80s where uh, is the like the Stephen King mold for horror movies yeah. mm-hmm. it's dominant and you had like a small town darkness exposed uh, 50s concept triggers the horror mm-hmm. it, was, it was just so bland by this point yeah yeah there there wasn't much to get you riled up with this one they should flip it around and have them go to a town that has a really bad past but find out it's it's a great town for it's got perfect schools little crime virtually no demonology books in its library yeah. somehow no demons in the town that we saw and the other thing um is um uh at, at this point in time you could recognize a sucky band by if it cut to the drummer and he'd like stick his tongue out and twirl the drumsticks around. <laughs> yeah. Or put conf- just, confetti oh. on the drum heads like this guy has. Yes. That's a great idea. Glitter, confetti. Glitter. Or like Blue Man Group does, you know, some black light reactive fluid. And every time you hit the drum, it just shoots in the air. It's great. So you, you also saw um, Monster Dog. Monster Dog with Alice Cooper. No. Vince, whatever his last name is. Vince Raven. His real name is, well, Alice Cooper's real name is Vincent Furnier. Yeah. So logically, the character should be named Vince or Vincent. Sure. Raven. Okay, this blows a big hole in my idea that, you know what? You want to do one of these movies, right? Okay, right? You get a real rocker who does, you know... Okay, so you did that. You made Monster Dog, and that worked out nicely. <laughs> to be fair, Alice Cooper was now sober. <laughs> yeah, he was better when he was For drunk. a year when he made this movie. This he, was supposed to be the start of his movie career. Yeah, that worked out nicely. He's like, you know what I should do? I should go to Spain and make a fucking movie. No. Now, it was made in Spain, but it wasn't in... It was an Italian production, wasn't it? Yeah. I have to assume. Um, well, it doesn't say that. It's 84 minutes. Well, that's good. Um, I would have cut at least 60 of those, though. 
<laughs> yeah, the uh, wow. I remember the box to this one too. This is also one I had seen, but didn't remember until I don't remember some scene. Yeah, and I'm I like, had to oh, look yeah. it up, and yeah, I ticked it off. I had seen it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, I've I've seen this. It started. I'm like, mm, I remember renting this or borrowing it or. Well, this one, and I specifically remember back in the day, I was working at a restaurant, and we heard about this, and somebody I worked with, who was also a friend, got a hold of it, and we were going to go watch it. It was going to be great, and it wasn't. We're all looking at each other like, why is it overdubbed? This is weird. Why why are the voices all out of sync? It's like one of those Italian movies. It is an Italian movie. Claudio Fragasso. I think they put them all out of sync just a little bit to fuck with you. Yeah, it's you gotta want. Okay, on that on that front, uh, what is it with voice actors? How come they have voices but they can't act? Uh, they're probably just reading from a script with no real direction. Yeah. So they're just like, read this, match the mouth. As close as you can. So they play back the film. I yeah. guess you could go off the film itself, but... Yeah, the emotion never... It never feels like they're really in the body of the person the voice is coming out of. Yeah. And that's a problem. Well, it's one of many problems, but... Um, I don't have a problem with that. No? No. Okay. Although I won't watch dubbed movies, I don't mind italian films being slightly out of sync yeah i don't mind anything the italians do on film i give them a pass for everything even the crappy ones okay i love italian film it's just it seems so by the seat of your pants kind of we're doing it we're making a movie okay who's got the script Who's, we're writing it now. There's a guy with a pen furiously well, scribbling. Then I recommend Paganini Horror. I watched it. You did? Yes. Cause, I, uh, I, I've got a whole bunch of these saved for next year. Yes. I, I watched it because Daria Nicolodi was in it. Yep. yep. And, uh, whew, God. <laughs> it was bad. Even the people who made it don't like it. Oh, I didn't know that, but I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that next All year. All right. Good. Yeah. Oof. So you get a real rocker, <clears throat> you know, you could say that, that, uh, Alice Cooper, you know, sort of heavy metal, but more of a hard rock kind of an act, mm-hmm. a very theatrical, hard rock act, um, kind of spooky edge to a lot of what he did. Yeah. A lot of these early, uh, these, um, before the, like the hair metal stuff. Yeah. A lot of these rock band horror movies are like shock rock stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Phantom of the Paradise and. Um, terror Untorn and stuff like that. It's, it's more the Alice Cooper sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know why making a werewolf movie, this thing went off the rails and just... It, was it shot on video? Well, no, but this... This... Uh, copies clear. This transfers clearly from a VHS tape. Yeah, because it looks like it was filmed with a VHS camera. Yeah. It's, I, it's just the transfer... I imagine it was shot on film. It's hard to say without knowing, but it it just didn't look good. No, that's because it's it's a bad transfer. Uh, evidently, there's a 
widely released Blu-ray that's just this copy. It's just a transfer of the VHS tape. <laughs> it's not official or anything. I don't know if this movie still exists in any film form. It may only be this VHS copy. What a mm. loss. What a loss, I say. On the, um, I don't know if you read this or not, but uh, on this set, uh, Alice Cooper's writer basically only asked for a couple of things because he'd been sober, like you said, for a short period of time. He wanted a large supply of Coca-Cola and um, a VCR so he could watch old Westerns in his room. Hmm. So I won't say he wasn't invested in this. Because he showed up and he let him do do his hair. He had to do his own makeup in one scene. Yeah, that's true. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know that he did his own hair. Mm-hmm. He did write the songs for this in about 15 minutes before they shot. <laughs> well, the first one they do, Identity Crisis, is kind of a cool song. Because it keeps showing him in different costumes. Almost. Yeah, well, it's not a good song. It's just, it's amusing. Um... What do you remember of this one, Jolien? Nothing. Nothing? Good. Okay. So basically... uh, I remember the poster. Okay. A rock star and his entourage show up to film rock videos in In a dark... town. It's his old town. Is that Uh what the premise was? Uh, I watched this like a week ago. Um, They get an old dark house. Uh They're going to film there. And then it turns out werewolves are abound uh-huh okay and there's some past linking uh alice cooper's character vince to, raven thank you very much yes to uh deacon dark <laughs> no he's linked to uh <coughs> to the werewolf somehow okay his parent his dad was a werewolf you believe oh okay um yeah and he meets the cop who was he knew as a kid mm. i don't think the cop was a kid i think when Vincent was a kid, although okay. they both look the same age in the movie. Ah. So Alice Cooper always looks like he's about 45. Yeah. No matter what time. And he's also- clearly a man who needs to wear a mask. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least a prosthetic chin. Yes. So, uh, in the course of filming some videos, the werewolves have infiltrated and, uh, transformed some people around him and um, killed a person or two. Uh, it's just sort of, I don't know. It, it It's not super shocking when the horror starts to happen. You're not very shocked by it. It's like, Oh look, something's happening over there. Oh, <laughs> Hey look, it's, it's like, read, read it like Norm Macdonald. Hey look, there's a dead guy up in that window. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, there's some werewolves at the end of the hall. Those yeah. darn werewolves. Yeah. So uh, this was this was shot over five weeks. What? What? In Spain. And if you ask me, was it shot in five minutes, five days, five seconds? I would say, oh, probably five days. I'd say, uh, yeah, five days. And then they spent the rest of the time partying on the mm-hmm. beach. They all went to Ibiza. Yeah. Hung out. That's what I would have done. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to Ibiza. We're not doing any uh, reshoots, you know, retakes, <laughs> anything. Whatever the first take is, it's gone on film. 
Um, Fragasso stated that the special effects caused a lot of delays while filming. The special effects shots were all shot in the final week of filming, and this included a large puppet head for the monster, which broke on the first scene it was used in. Yes. But this sounds like Jaws, right? Much like Jaws. I read that the that the uh, producer or the director was showing off the puppet and broke it, and then they had mm-hmm. major problems. Yeah. It, there's another rock horror movie with werewolf angle, which we've mentioned before, uh, called Lone Wolf. Yes, shot, I was going to watch that one. Shot in Colorado. It's on Tubi. Yeah, I saw it. it was shot in Denver. Lone so I'm going to watch that one. Let's see. Yeah, I didn't recognize it as Denver. It looked like an outlying town. Mm. Uh, 97 minutes. Ooh. All right. Too long. I'm going to have to fast forward through seven minutes. Tagline. A computerized trail to monstrous moonlit murder. What? That's a terrible tagline. Um, wait a second. Oh, there's a movie about furries called Lone Wolf. That's scarier. I don't think I don't think that's the same one. Lone Wolf is uh, directed by John Callis. Nineteen eighty-eight. Cameraman on He Was Advised Two. Let's see. Another tagline is "Be afraid of the big bad wolf." That's uh, a better one. Filmed in Colorado in sixteen millimeters in ten days for a hundred thousand dollars. Damn! Oh, wait a minute. Music by Tix or Tykes. T Y X E. Thirty-something students use a computer to track werewolf killings around Fairview. Band performs songs like "Let It Rock," "Rock You All Night," and "Raised on Rock and Roll." Huh, okay, they got a theme going. Gore effects by Vincent J. Gostini of Verotica fame. <gasps> what? Uh, plays it straight and goes for a wolfman suit complete with transformation, even if the suit makers initially forgot to put in eye holes. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wait, this is the one I started watching. Oh, man, I gotta watch this. Oh, no, this is terrible. There's another one that I remember the box for, and I may have seen this, in fact. I remember I went through a big werewolf phase mm-hmm. watching werewolf movies. They were all terrible. <laughs> Just every month you felt like watching yeah. werewolf movies. Yeah. What was Two, it? three days I'd yeah. be like, yeah, let's watch a werewolf movie. And you woke up naked in the zoo. Well, that happened a lot anyway. <clears throat> Is Altered States still available? <laughs> it should be. Cause I, we should review Altered States. I think. DVD, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be a good one. Yeah, okay. I, I rented it on DVD at one point because it was one of those that's like, oh, I haven't seen that in 10, 15 years, whenever. Well, if you can't find it, come over and watch it. All right. Yeah, that would be a good one. Maybe. I haven't seen it in a long time. Maybe it's no good anymore. <laughs> oh, this has got to be that same movie. The one I started watching that was crap. Which one? Where the kids are all acting like it's like a bunch of kids from the fifties movies that doesn't narrow it down for me. What, what I, was, I know. <laughs> I was saying earlier, the, <laughs> the girls in a wheelchair, that one. Um, the the friend, the one who was standing up, uh, looks like she's about thirty. She probably was. Yeah. Where were we? Teenagers were old back then. <laughs> Everyone. Well, when they were making Lone Wolfie, uh, he said um, like they had to. They were filming in Colorado, and they, so they had to make do with whatever talent they could get. You know, they didn't have a big pool of. Young There's not a actors. lot of talent here. No. 
Yeah. It's that... a desert talent, I can attest to that. It is. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. Does anyone care about the plot of uh, Monster, Monster Dog? Dog? I thought we described it. Yeah. I mean, do, does any does anyone care? <laughs> Who worked on the video or on the film itself? No. Clearly they didn't. Do our listeners really want to hear... Monster Dog, great film, great cast, sharp script, uh, beautifully shot, um, crystal clear transfer. You can't believe it. It's like it was shot today. On VHS. <laughs> on an old VHS tape that they taped over. <laughs> yeah. Why, why does the successful rock star drive a crappy old station wagon? Um, he stays true to his roots. Oh. He hasn't sold out, Richard. Okay, that that seems fair. Um, okay, this one, if you must see every werewolf movie ever made, or any or movie, every Alice Cooper yeah, movie, that that will lead you to seeing Halloween's uh, Howling Seven. So, it's <laughs> oh, not a good path to go down. No. Yeah, and the reason I bring it up is because I want to be done talking about it. It's it's <laughs> it's not great. Can we ever be done talking about Monster Dog? How great it was! All the levels and you know the depth, the, the script. The symbolism alone, you could, you know, fill a book. Yeah, we should do a sequel. Monster Dog versus Unruly Kid. Oh, I like it. Yeah, the revenge of Vincent Raven. He has to drive a station wagon because that's the only thing that fits his golf clubs. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, it's just Alice Cooper playing golf for like 90 minutes. Yeah, he's got full on makeup, but he's got a polo shirt on. Oh, he should totally do that. When he first started golfing, he would wear those ridiculous old outfits with like the, with the, uh, what are those poofy director pants called? Oh, jodpers. Jodpers. He would wear like the, when golfers would wear kind of the jodper looking checkered pants. And, and he'd have a tam shanter on with a big puff ball on it. Yeah. He would wear those. Re- I don't know if he still does that or not, but. I think he does. Yeah. And he votes Republican. Yeah, he does do that. He is a real evil person. <laughs> let's see. Let's let's Google Alice Cooper golfing. I like that the dead Kennedys said that. Uh, Jello said he came up with the dead Kennedys after listening to Alice Cooper and deciding if he told stories about Reagan and, and real monsters, it'd be scarier. So. <laughs> he likes checkered pants. Who doesn't? You know, Alice Cooper went from always no matter what age he was looking about 45 Mm -hmm. to now he looks like 85. Well, I mean, he died in the nineties, so (laughs) he's looking pretty good. (laughs) And they they replaced him. (laughs) They just prop him up, carry him around like Bernie. Oh, here he is golfing with Kenny G. Mm. Jesus. Why don't they do an album together? (laughs) Could finally end the world. spark the apocalypse let's get this thing going kenny g and alice cooper yeah i I can imagine improving the ballad of dwight fry with a saxophone solo Ooh, yeah sounds good i can't wait yeah smooth jazz version of that one would be and at the end they're both decapitated on a guillotine (laughs) for real it's a one-time only show so the, the 1986 classic Trick or Treat looks fantastic now. Yep. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah, we should watch Lone Wolf and discuss it next time. But And uh, what was the one you... Terror? 
uh, Terra on Tour. Yeah, tell us a little about that one All right. before we call it a. All right, Terra on Tour, nineteen eighty. Mm. Good. Directed by Don Edmonds. You'll uh, you'll recognize his name because he also did Ilsa She Wolf of the SS. Oh <laughs> wow! Ilsa Harim, Keeper of the Oil Sheiks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the script is by Alex Rebar. Ooh. You recognize him because he was the incredible melting man. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. And uh, he's also the writer of To All a Good Night, which is a 1980 Killer Santa movie. Ooh. Um, taglines Terror strikes as the music begins. Oh. Although I watched it with Emily, and hers was strangely soporific. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they use that one. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, video cassette synopsis. The clowns are a rock group on their way up the ladder of success. In their macabre makeup, it is impossible to distinguish one from the other. There okay. you go. Their incredible stage performance centers around sadistic, mutilating theatrics and eventual real murders begin. The police are called in and consider the band members prime suspects until they realize the killings are occurring during their performances. The search for the murderer begins and ends with the audience chanting, Kill! 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 All right. So the audience was into it. Uh, it looks like a dark tape transfer is all that survives, but that adds to the sleazy atmosphere. Oh, okay. Uh, stars Larry Thomas, the soup Nazi. Oh. As Tim. Tim. Although it's hard to know who's who due to the darkness and five men being in makeup for most of the film. <laughs> uh, but Tim is the band manager. Okay. Um, the women have roles which are called things like well-endowed lady. Oh, so a progressive script. Yeah, <laughs> screaming girl and bleeding woman. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so like... The, bleeding woman's one of my favorite bands. <laughs> the maker of it also, She Wolf of the SS, is, you know, he's, he's gone downhill. Oh, man. Not treating women From as well. From such a feminist <laughs> icon to... She was strong. She yeah, was she charge, was strong. <laughs> doing what she liked. Um I thought uh, Lisa Rodriguez did a good job as Jane, the undercover investigator. Uh, by the way, well-endowed lady is played by Verkina Flower, who was also the art director and set de- decorator. Mm. She's the daughter of Buck Flower. Oh, man. And she was also in The Witch Who Came From The Sea. Okay. The Capture of Bigfoot. <laughs> and she did costumes for Silent Night, Deadly Night. Wow. She's got, she's got uh, history there. Uh, Stoned Girl and Freebase Chick are played by Camelia Ortiz, who is now the wife of Jeff Lynne. Really? Um, She was married to my old buddy Kiefer Sutherland in the late 80s. Um, Oh, yeah, and several of these these movies back in the day had stage floozies. This one's got four of them. All right. The women who just wiggle around on stage. Yeah. Um, and, and, And this one, they also get pretend murdered on stage. Wow. Uh, Retracting daggers and stuff. It's pretty lame. Uh, The clowns are played by a group called The Names. The Names. (laughs) Uh, The instruments and several cast members are also in a film called Boarding House from 1982. Hmm. Don't know that one. Yes. Um, So there you go. How do you recommend that one? Terror on tour. Um, Well, if you like scuzzy... Sleeves. Shock horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's I'll not good. 
No, but, but it's 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 like it's got this like a uh, time capsule thing to it. It's like 1980, so it's like before slashers kind of mm-hmm. kicked in, and so it's got that slasher element to it. Yeah. But it's not quite a slasher. Proto slashers. Yeah, um, and that, and the gigs look like kind of kind of fun, <laughs> and and it's it's good and dark because of the transfer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it's like how I remember. All right. Gigs, you know, people crowded together in sweaty dark rooms. Yeah. Hmm. And on the, on the music's basically um, bog standard ACDC sort of thing. Yeah. And that was right when Back in Black came out. Yeah. It's not as clean as Back in Black, but it's it's still like that sort of um, blues-based. Intense. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's not got the, um, you know, the uh, energy of an ACDC. Oh, okay. But, you, know, it's, it's, you know, it's bar rock. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So of these movies, um, I'm going to recommend either uh, uh, Lone Wolf or Terror on Tour because I've not seen either of them. (laughs) Yeah. And that makes them better than the ones that I did see. I'm pretty sure Lone Wolf is the crappy one I started and couldn't watch. So I'm going to I'm going to say Terror on Tour sounds like the best of the bunch here. Uh, The one I didn't see. Or the, Any what of, was the one, the big blast or? Blast off girls. Blast off girls. There we go. Oh, yeah. Best for Gordon Lewis. Um, okay, guys, uh, let's do the recommends. Black Roses, 1988. No. 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 Stay the hell away. Don't watch it. Um, uh, Monster Dog. No. 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 Stay further away. <laughs> Stay further away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Um, uh, bringing back up Trick or Treat, 1986. Nope. Julian, take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember it really. So no. Do your ironing. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trick or Treat, it it does entertain, and I can say I give it a just sort of a moderate recommend. But don't expect that it's going to blow your hair back with heavy metal because it's it's fast way you know it's not motorhead it's not it's not going to just kick in with some stuff that makes you want to jump up and start smashing things in your living room well it might yeah in a different way in a different way yeah so um heavy metal horror yeah i can't think of any good ones like deathgasm was all right yeah like newer stuff has been interesting yeah yeah newer stuff so I want to I want to take a um, a position of 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 understanding and and um, a little bit of authority on this. It's I can say as someone who used to be really really into heavy metal who who's digging it again. Um, the only thing that's heavy metal slash horror that you're going to really dig if you're kind of a metalhead is the cartoon uh, Metalocalypse. Oh yeah, like that is going to give you everything you want that these movies are going to fail to deliver. Uh, it's, it's like a, it's like a black metal kind of band that, uh, the horror is usually in their episodes that they end up murdering their audience by accident. Yeah. And, uh, like they decide the most metal thing they can do is play in front of an active volcano and it ends up erupting and killing all of their fans. And so, 
it's crazy crap like that that they do and it's and it knows it's ridiculous it absolutely yeah it's there's no mistaking yeah it's it's a pretty good cartoon yeah i think that should be your go-to uh i forgot to bring it up but uh and uh black roses did you see big pussy <laughs> oh the from guy the sopranos yeah, yeah he was yeah. killed by a puppet and then drug into the stereo or the stove or something he was drug into a speaker oh that's right the speaker got all sentient and bubbly like it was the picture the record on the on the turntable got all bubbly yeah like they just oh, he's the dad isn't he he's uh-huh. tony's dad yeah yeah yeah, he's the guy from The Sopranos. Yeah, he's the guy who says only two kinds of men have earrings. Yeah, yeah, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I won't mention what he says. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Pirates and men who want earrings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, kind of unexpected. I think the same sort of line is in Monster Dog. Some sort of crack about. Oh, yeah, when the bad guys with the guns show up. Yeah. Yeah, they said a bunch of homophobic slurs. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that was the... There's one bit I thought, that's in, that's good, uh, where um, Priscilla's in her car and she gets her throat slit. Yeah. And then the camera pulls up and there's no music. You just get the sounds of children playing in the park. Ooh. I thought that was good. Oh, yeah. I mean... Every movie's got to have a moment. And there might be Nick from another film, but... Probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite tropes in, in horror movies is the person who's blithely doing something in the foreground while someone behind some sort of soundproof wall is screaming and getting murdered behind them. Mm. It it usually has something to do with a radio station or a TV station or yeah. an office where there's soundproof big, glass. big glass walls and yeah. They're working scream and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's a trope that I, I just kind of like it when it's happening. Yeah, it always works. <laughs> yeah. Um, What did we have uh, in store for next time? It's uh, St. Patrick's coming up, isn't it? Uh, That'll be the next one after. Will more, you... more metal movies? I mean, you had a pick coming, didn't you? Uh, Yeah, but I don't have anything unless okay. we go with more metal movies. Okay, we can do that. So you were going with Lone Wolf? <laughs> I was going to pick Lone Wolf. Uh, do you want to, do you want to for sure pick that if it's possibly a crappy metal movie? I'm sure it's crappy and that doesn't dissuade me in any way. All right. So let's do. I will watch crappy movies. Okay. So we'll. Love them. We'll continue our march through. uh, All right. In revenge that you have to watch Paganini Horror. I watched it. Do I have to watch it again? (laughs) No. We'll do it. No, no, no. I love you too much. No. Don't have to watch that. Paganini Horror. I, I had hope that it so, was going to so be good. ones I've seen. Uh, Paganini Horror, Rocktober Blood, um, Scream Dream. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but there's, a, there's another Swedish one called Bludaren, The Bleeder. Um, and Hard Rock Zombies. Dream Maniac, Vicious Lips, which is an Albert Pyun film. It's so wretched. Yeah. I almost watched it, but... I watched it on Pluto TV, and I couldn't tell you a thing about it. 
<laughs> it seemed disjointed, and with yeah. the commercials, it was like, I can't follow this. <laughs> it wasn't commercials with me. It was just lack of consciousness. Oh, yes. <laughs> I just kept swimming in and out of consciousness. <laughs> yes, I did that and on a number of things. Nothing would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> but then it ends with the, probably the best song in this whole cycle. <laughs> I don't remember the song, but... Um, yeah, the, let's see. Uh, Vicious Lips. It's a good title. Yeah. Um, It'd be a good band name, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they did this song called Lunar Madness. Okay. <laughs> um, what else is there? Uh, oh, there's another Swedish one I saw. Uh, I wish they'd bring out a decent release of this because uh, it was quite entertaining. Um, Blood Tracks, 1985. Blood Tracks, okay. It's like this hair metal band goes up in the mountains to film a video, of course, and taking along their floozies. And then their playback sets off and have lunch, and they'll get trapped next to a He Was Advised type clan. Ooh. Very nice. That sounds good. Uh, we could throw in Pod People. It's got a, a band. They're not metal, but... Pod people. Yes, it's a terrible Italian film where... All um, right, I'm in. Uh, what is the other name? It probably has a couple other names, yes. but pod people, and they... Basically, a band goes to the woods. Uh, I think they're trying to write their next album. I don't quite remember, but... Uh, they show up at a house. I think their car breaks down. They show up at a house. And meanwhile, some aliens have laid eggs in the woods. And some poachers take them. And one of the aliens ends up with the annoying little Italian kid. Because you have to have one in the movies. And he's dubbed by a 40-year-old woman like they all are. I think it's the same woman. And so he says things like, Trumpy! Oh, no! Uh, over and over, <laughs> and you just, it's so endearing. You don't want to strangle him. Uh, yeah, and then uh, they get, the band members get picked off one by one. Excellent. And there's, uh, you think Trumpy, the kid's little friend who's like an elephant, Alf Cross, uh, you think he's killing, but, spoiler, there's two of them. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I recommend it. All right. I don't really. It's terrible, but it reminded me a lot of Monster Dog for some reason. Mm. It's about the same quality, I think. Oh, and I saw it on a, a copy. Uh, I've seen the MST one, but I've seen it also uh, just a bad VHS dub. Uh, so next time, Lone Wolf. Yeah, whatever and, else you can find. Terror and, on tour. And then um, we... You, we're going to do uh, Irish horror for St. Patrick's day. That episode will drop a couple days uh, prior to the holiday. And um, I think it should be interesting this time. Like uh, there's a few good ones. I think okay. I could be wrong. Do that computer effect where we all sound drunk. <laughs> St. Patrick's well, day. <laughs> well, if you just take, if anyone who's listening on an, on a, uh, on a podcast app where you could just do like slow it down, slow, slow down half time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds, sounds like we're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we should do to kick off that episode is find one of our previous Irish horror episodes and just play that into the mic at half speed. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's like, Oh, Jolien is usually so dignified. 
Why does he sound like he's drunk? Or we could just get drunk. Why don't we just get drunk? Why not? Yeah. I mean, let's let's buy into the stereotype. White people day, isn't it? Have a Donnybrook. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to chase some snakes. Yeah. I'm going to get drunk as a snake. All right. Let's call it a show. It's a show. It's a show. Listeners, thank you for listening. Don't watch it. Ha, ha, ha.